Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. We are extremely grateful to our sponsors, Harborough, for their continued support. And on this week's podcast, they say when you want a job done, ask a busy person. And I don't think anybody gets any busier than the character I have on this week, Julie Sedgwick from Bishop's Auckland. Julie, welcome to the podcast. Yes, hello. And Julie, when I first met you, I think you were secretary, would I say, of the Suffolks or the Northern Suffolks, certainly involved well, in the NSA? Yeah, various things. I think at one point it was just when my son was four months old and I decided I needed to earn a bit of extra money. We'd got a chance to go to another farm, got a tenancy. So I think I got involved with North Vingan Mules, Suffolk Promotion, and then the NSA in 1989. And at that time, <laughs> there was yourself and Fiona Sloan and, and uh, uh, Susan Jackson, as she was then. Of course, yes. you were a dangerous combo, you three, just uh, always together and always up to mischief. And, uh, and, but uh, all three of you had you know, big roles within the sheep industry and, and were highly, highly recognised amongst them. Yes. Oh, well, that's nice to hear. Thank you very much. Yes, um, we, did, uh, we, yeah, we, did, we did sort of, we worked hard and we played hard. And uh, there was quite a few mornings when I used to think, oh, my God, I don't think I can sit on a stand all day and do this that, and the other but <laughs> you just had to do it and I think by the third night of sort of being forced to drink and doing all these sorts of things I used to say look I can't cope anymore <laughs> and I had and I was always the one that went to bed first I really did I just couldn't cope any longer <laughs> the others aren't here to defend themselves here so <laughs> you can say what you like Julie <laughs> <laughs> well I do blame them for teaching me to drink perhaps not so much Susan but definitely Fiona <laughs> I mean the uh, the vodka and I in brew still uh, is still this the famous Scottish drink that I used to bring down and drink in England and everybody used to go, for God's sake, what's that? But, yeah. Yeah, great, great days and great fun days, as you said, and we all had you know, a good crack going back that time. But then, you, a bit more seriously, you got involved in Scotch Sheep and I think you, were, you would be the organiser of Scotch Sheep for, for a, quite a while. Well, I was I co-organised it with Ewan Emsley. Okay. Um, Ewan actually very kindly asked me because I, I'm trying to think how we got involved. Well, well, with doing the NSA North Shape and the John Foley days of the NSA, and mm-hmm. um, we got into organising all of these things. And then I think Ewan was doing Scott Sheep, and he said, "Well, would you like to help me sort of half organise it?" So, yeah, we got involved in that one together. I mean, I think um, I sort of got some some sort of dates of when that happened. Uh, I think it was. I do remember the last one that we did was 2010, which is at Dumfries House. Okay. Now, that was absolutely fascinating. That was at Prince Charles's uh, place. And um, as a few of us stayed, the girls again, we all stayed in um, this little cottage with a butler in the grounds. Well, that was just amazing. And I think he'd I been... I that butler. <laughs> oh, my God, a poor soul. But he'd been, he'd been a cabin crew on an aircraft, on, on, the, on an air, airline, and then he'd become... He had been um, working for the royal family and this you know he obviously never told loads of stories but he was absolutely brilliant and i think we were there two or three nights and we always said oh we're going to go back to there it's obviously in Asia, and and um but we never got back but um whether he's still there or what you did um have certainly have conversations i've seen seen videos of you having conversations with prince charles like he's your personal best pal there i think you might oh of course (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was really funny. There was some comment about it was something to do with you and, and how do you cope with, with this organising an event with a man and all this. I said, well, you know, it's always a woman that has to come in and sort things out because Pooey Ewan's nickname was always EwanLastMinute.com. So... <laughs> 
I don't think he's going to mind me saying that. But but no, I mean, Ewan, Ewan was very helpful to me as well. And he asked me to get involved in things. And I mean, there was various times we did come to blows towards the end of the event because I was just a bit of a perfectionist. And being a Virgo, it makes it even worse, you know. So, you know, people born in September are very, very, very fussy and very... Uh, very organised, but um, no, we used to. We got there eventually, but then the time came when you sort of had to wind down quite a bit. Um, it was a great event, though. Well, I mean, it still is it because it's going, it's going ahead, going ahead this year at uh, Robert and Hazel McNee's at uh, Overfin Lard, of course, on the first of June, I think. Of course, it going is. It's gone year, on and so. on. Yes, I mean, you and I think still involved in it, and um, yeah, we. I used to do such a lot of travelling as well, you know, all of these sorts of things. And then my son was 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 well, as I say, when he. he wasn't even a year old when I, I think her first Scotch sheep I would, would be at and I think I was there with the breed society I wasn't involved in organizing it then and obviously I hadn't had a drink for six months and whatever so the story that I can think that recounts and of course yet again it was something to do with breed society secretaries who were from Scotland and we were all staying in this hotel somewhere where was it I can't even remember where it was fair way up anyway and I ended up they said all right there's nothing left to drink so you'll have to drink whiskey well, my God, I think I woke up on the bathroom floor the next morning and just didn't know where the hell I was. And I've never actually been able to stand the smell of whiskey ever yeah. since. Yeah. Won't even have it in the house. My poor husband isn't even allowed to drink it. He has to go outside to drink whiskey. So. <laughs> it must have done you some damage then if, that's, uh, if it's that bad. Uh, and, yeah. And we're going to a few of your other um, uh, shows that you're involved in because you still are involved in the, the livestock show business and you are, I think, very much involved in Beef Expo, which is coming up uh, later on this month. So we'll go on and have a chat about that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. But at the same time, you farm with your husband and you breed a few fat stock show cattle and that's your passion, isn't it, showing? Or one of your passions yes. anyway, apart from drinking, obviously. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the drinking isn't sort of the main thing now, but it always has helped, I think. But, uh, I mean, we started off really very early on. I mean, it's promoting North of England mule sheep, as we'd sort of said, when they were first starting off breeding them in Weirdale and it was before there was even a breed society. My father was sort of, used to buy a lot of the mule gimmel lambs and I think my first introduction to a mule gimmel lamb was when one had escaped and uh, he was me trying to get this seven, about seven years of age trying to get this lamb back in by itself which was the stupidest thing I've ever learned now that you must always have a group of animals knocked it knocked me over hit my head on a trailer drawbar okay. sm split my head open and I really do think that perhaps has affected me for the rest of my life that it lost some of the brain that was supposedly in there but I can <laughs> so hear Fiona put the thumbs up to you to that one right now <laughs> god yeah so you know that was it and then then we went on to to to, to show the North of England mules in the early days and we actually used to go to the Royal Show and um, we used to there was always a pair of Gimme Shillings and it was only highly always highly competitive and, yeah. um, and that was at the time as well I think when I was doing the Suffolk Sheep Society stand I mean the Royal Show was always quite hilarious and I mean it was such a shame such a shame that you know over the years it sort of did fold away um, but then we used to do that one and then we used to go to the Yorkshire Show and then we used to go to the Royal Welsh and there's always sorts of thoughts of me after the, the Yorkshire show was more or less just the socialising selling 
traveling, uh, showing the sheep. And it's probably I mean, be a strong show for mules of the Yorkshire. Of course, oh, it them. was mm. tremendous. Yeah, tremendous. That always was. So we used to do quite well. Then, um, and then they put classes on for ones with lambs. And of course, we always put put some in with Suffolk lambs on to try and promote the breed. And then, of course, the Beltexes and the Texels were taking over. And there was great competitiveness with with various people uh, to see who could win this that, and the other. And I got to the point where I thought, oh, I just can't cope with this competitive anymore. So, but the normal thing that I used to have to do because I was so shattered by we started to set off to go to the Royal Welsh which sometimes it was just week, 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 day after day. I've often been known to stop halfway down to the Royal Welsh and have a snooze in the transit van because I, was, <laughs> I couldn't I thought I can't cope with putting this stand up because the Suffolk Sheep Society stand was a massive stand you know we always had to have the largest stand always loved to have a really big stand and of course they used to put, they used to put stand competitions on, well it was ridiculous, that was a competitive element again came out where we all tried to beat each other with the best stands but uh, but it was really good those years that's what the NSA was all about it was mm-hmm. about promoting the different breeds of sheep and when they all came in when all all the continentals came in you know you had all your texels and your blur domains and your rouges and, and all of those guys when they all all came in and mm. it was such a hive of activity you know the nsa and um, it was the, the center of it especially at the highland show was. as well it was absolutely the oh yeah. yeah yeah so so and i think after foot and mouth when when we'd finished well i think after foot and mouth i stopped doing the, the suffolk sheep um promotion um job and then the nsa did ask me to to coordinate all of the all of the nsa um promotional areas with all the sheep breeds in it so that again was was the royal um not so much the Yorks, the royal highland and the and the royal welsh so i think i did that for two or three years and it was very very stressful and very tiring i thought no i can't cope with this anymore you were the big boss putting everybody else in their well, place yes, you know, I did, and I, <laughs> yeah and everybody used to think oh god here she comes she's going to tell us off and she's this that and the other and it was a power trip really i really was quite a, well i still am very bossy and very arrogant but you know yet again when you want things doing properly i mean i was always being a horror for saying to somebody don't you dare park that car there get it shifted it'll be moved but um but no it was it was chris lloyd it was the chris lloyd days as well who was re- was really good fun and um and yeah we all got on we all everybody got on really well and uh, to say it was i think in those days you could work hard and play hard definitely couldn't do it now <laughs> cannot do it now and um and i said you show you moved on and you show fat cattle and that has been you know that's been a, a passion well, yeah fat cattle, yeah I say. Well, well, I think the thing was that we, we decided after we sort of the, the the promoting the commercial sheep, there wasn't anything else we could do because they were really, really popular. And we thought, right, fine, let them get on with it. And I'd always, we'd always wanted to have a suckle herd, but where we lived before we moved here to this farm, we were on a 300-acre farm at Bishop Auckland, which was on a Roman site, and we weren't allowed to put any more. It was a scheduled area, um, and we weren't allowed to put any more buildings up. So um, I don't know how it happened, but we suddenly thought well we'll buy in and buy in some cattle and, and I'd always thought right I'm gonna to show some show some some of these cattle so I think we we sort of got into that and tried to go in sort of full speed you know thinking oh well we'll, we'll do as well as I did with the sheep well it took two or three years you have to wait your turn basically and then I think it was 2000 and 2006 I got the chance to get um a calf from from JR from John Rich at Dufton yeah. Gill House um, persuaded him to let me buy one. She was she was a um, red heifer called Venus, 
And I must admit, there's a certain friend who's now involved with us um, that helps us out at Beef Expo as well, who I've known a long, long time, John Smith Jackson. He he saw the heifer and he came to see it and he did clip it because I didn't have a clue how to clip or present these cattle. And he said, my God, he said, that's a good, that's good. That's very good. And he's looking at it and I was getting quite excited. And I thought, oh, great fun. So anyway, we went to Countryside Live didn't really have a clue what I was doing, didn't even wear a tie, got told off by the judge for looking scruffy, and he get, but he still gave me champion. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so that was the first one. Then we had a few lean years, and then we got, I got involved with um, Neil Slack very kindly, decided he would take me under his wing and help me out because I was getting a bit sort of doddery then and not able to do all of these things. And Gordon was obviously very busy building the farm up, and it's just time, you know, mm. we just didn't really have the time. So we went to a partnership with all sort of probably about 2010 onwards for about five years and, and, and five had some great success. times five very, very successful, successful yeah mm. very successful i mean the last few years we you know haven't done as much um but you know then in 2016 we had a little bit of an issue with a newly carved cow and then I ended up getting battered shoulders and Gordon was knocked unconscious and, you know, that sort of made us think, oh, my God, you know, time's getting on. So, you know, I haven't really had the strength to do a lot. Um, so four shoulder operations later, which mm, yeah, <laughs> I won't really go bad. into, um, you know, various things had happened. But, but yeah, I'm still interested. I mean, I'm actually, this will be the first year when I haven't got any um show calves to show okay. i mean we've been breeding some we sold one for she she was just um youngish one at hexham march 20 she's gone um she's gone to a showing home Good. uh just a, just a youngish one uh, so we might see her this summer but uh, we're just sort of having a rest really from this year because obviously the big event mm. and the grandson and then i also got roped in to do a couple of local shows look after the cattle and sheep section so and there's never a dull moment. I mean, I really do begin to wonder. And then, of course, I'm trying to do the farm paperwork and all of that. But mm -hmm. that gets pushed to the back sometimes. You say you're yeah. slowing down on the cattle showing because you had a great help in Hannah Brown, didn't you, with, with the cattle for the last two or three years. who sadly no longer with us. Yes. I mean, Hannah was absolutely brilliant. I mean, the stories I could tell about Hannah, well, I, I can't repeat most of them. But obviously, uh, her mother and father, that was we used to show mule sheep against against Martin and Val Brown and also Cecil Hutchinson, who was Hannah's granddad. And we used to have great sort of, well, it, it was banter, I think, on their part, but I used to really get quite upset and take it very seriously. And I think that was probably one of the reasons I did give up showing mule sheep because I couldn't cope with this hassle from those men any longer. You know, I couldn't really stick up for myself. So, yeah, so Hannah was just an embryo in her mummy's tummy at one of these shows. And then, of course, you know, we just watched her grow up and grow up and become this great dominance and doing all the shape and this that and the other and um young handlers and, and this that and the other and and then we went to a local show in yorkshire i think it was um it was wensydale show and there was a class for a pair of heifers a pair of cattle so hannah was sort of loitering about she was actually helping somebody else at the time i think show us says hey hannah get this halter Get in this ring because my husband wouldn't take it in because he hates that side of it. So it goes in the ring with these two heifers. Well, of course, certain other Yorkshire exhibitors who will remain nameless but who are still showing thought it would be quite amusing to put one of their one each of their own cattle in against in the pairs mm -hmm. because it didn't stipulate they had to be owned by the same person. Oh, 
Well, can you imagine the grief? So, of course, me and Hannah, and luckily the judge stuck up for us. It was Keith Harriman. And he said, right. He said, no, that's not right. And since then, I've always been a stickler. And I wrote straight to the show and I said, you must make sure that that is from the same exhibitor. So me and Hannah just kind of continued on like that, you know, because there wasn't even, even when I started off in the 80s and 90s, there was very few women and girls and different things. I mean, the Yorkshire show was a nightmare. You used to have to wash your hair in a bucket. You know, there was nowhere to ever even have a shower. It was all just men. So, yeah, so Hannah was a great help and um, got her roped in and and just, just, Martin and Val said, obviously, she was she was quite young when, when we first sort of started taking around some of these shows. He said, will you keep an eye on her? I said, well, yeah, I can hardly keep an eye on myself. I said, but, you know, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll keep an eye on her. So, yeah, there was various times that we did have a little bit of a stand-up battle. But, you know, it was because she obviously thought of me as a mother. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, she didn't like to be told what to do. But, no, very, very, very capable. Very able. Um, and, you know, she it was... I mean, it was amazing because I don't know how old she would be, probably about 16 or 17, and she did help JR at Gill House to show the cattle. It was always the, the main thing at Penrith, a big cattle sale with all the thousands of pounds. And I always knew then, I thought, I'm sure there's something Ben and her, you know, they really, they really did like each other. And then, of course, after all the years, they got back together. Okay. Um, it was really quite sad. And then, you know, she, she had Millie, and, and I, I just couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, when I got the phone call, I just said, what? No, couldn't yeah, believe it. Very sad, very sad. But, um, you know, it's, certain things do remind us. And, I mean, I got a roped in to help us at North Sheep. She was great at North Sheep. She would threaten people with uh, the forklift to move the cars if they weren't stood there. But, you see, everybody blamed me and said, do you realise she's becoming a clone of you? And I said, well, I'm sorry, I can't help this. It's obviously Two Julie Cedrics, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, what a horrendous. So, yeah, so, so that's, that's, that's what it was. Um, and then I got her into the beef, beef events and got her helping out there when she wasn't helping Neil to show. Mm-hmm. So, you know. She, yeah, she just, she just got on. She just loved that side of it. Very capable and a big loss to the industry. We moved on to a few shows. You said you got roped into a few shows, and I see that your secretary of Sedgefield show is that right? And Woolsingham, I mean, you know, the, the, the big events, and not just little garden mates, you know. <laughs> it's just, it's just the cattle section in the at Woolsingham show, which actually is a massive show. Mm. They have a lot of pedigree cattle. Did that one last year. We kind of got dropped in. I got dropped in on that one. My son was supposed to do it. And he said, oh, we've just had a child mother. You need a job. You can go and do that. <laughs> so I had to go to the Yorkshire show last year and try and gather judges up for a show in September. Anyway, we've got organised a bit sooner this time. So, yeah, I mean, 30-odd thousand people were at the show over the weekend. Absolutely fantastic show. That's, show. That's huge. That's huge. And then just this local one, Sedgefield because we now do live just about three or four miles away from Sedgefield mm-hmm. Village which is the farm that we moved to in 2010 mm-hmm. um, and yeah they asked me to do cattle and sheep or oh, there won't be much to do well my god there's a meeting nearly every month I'm thinking oh god and um, my calendar's never been as busy and then I have to put Harry on there as well to make sure that he's and my, my daughter-in-law actually sends me an email with all of these dates just to make sure that we all know what we're doing <laughs> Brilliant. And as you said, you organise the two of those, and, and, I, and I believe you, you own a racehorse as well. Is that right? You're into the yes. Time. 
<laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, it's not a racehorse. It's actually it's a harness racing horse, which is really quite quite different. But it's we got into that because we do sell a lot of haylage to a lot of the um, the, the 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 local sort of people that have these horses and trainers. And she's actually we got the chance to uh, to get her. She was she was bred down in the south somewhere, very very well bred. She she was from America originally. Her mother came from over from America, and um, I just got the chance to buy her and saw her this day, and she wasn't in very good condition. At the people that had had it hadn't bothered with her. We've had a great time. Last year she won she won four races in two seconds really? and she's she's won now. But she's trained by the people that we sell the hailage to. Excellent. And it's a to- totally different thing. And then we do get a lot of the younger horses as well that come here and graze. Okay. So I've gone back to horses mm. because originally I did start when we left school point to pointing and had a permit to train race horses. Okay, all right. So that's something a lot of people never knew. So you've gone full circle. I mean, imagine yeah. with those wins, there'll have been some celebratory drinks in, in the, in the oh, owners', God, in, yes. owners enclosures as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that's another one. So instead of drinking with cattle, we've now gone on to drinking with horses and sort of things. <laughs> any so. excuse, Julie, any excuse. And, um, and I mentioned just now the, the Beef Expo. Let's go on and talk about that a little bit. It's a, it's a national beef event, isn't it, which, t- which moves from place to place and this year is is in Darlington it's in Darlington it was supposed to be there in 2020 but obviously Covid sort of wiped us all out um it was the new mart Darlington Mart which moved out from the the middle of Darlington um very you know very very old established auction mark and it's just gone onto the outskirts of darlington which is more or less it's only about five minutes off the main a1 it's about 10 15 minutes north of scotch corner okay so um and they do have quite a lot of events there um I mean, the staff there are very good. I mean, I've known quite a lot of them a long, long time. So I was delighted that this one was, well, it's only really about six miles from us um, because we've we've had some sort of horrendous experiences of traveling to some of these events. I mean, yet again, Ewan very kindly asked me to get involved (laughs) Um, just on the cattle side of it for the commercial cattle show, the national one. I think it was National Spring Spectacular at one time. But for a national event, it was really quite an honor as well to get involved, to take the entries, organise the judges. And that would have been um, a Carlisle I think times. the very first one, I think that you and, well, actually, I tell you something, I'm going to show my age now, which obviously I'll never repeat, but we all can work out how old I'm getting to, was Wooler a long, long time ago. And I think we went there with a sheep stand, Ewan had said. And I always remember Ewan sort of fussing around with a, with a duster coat on. I'd never seen anybody with a duster coat. I couldn't believe this, this brown duster coat. I thought, my God, what are you wearing? So, <laughs> so yeah, it, it was. A, and then it was at Skipton in 2007, which I think was one that we showed the cattle at. And then after that, 2010, when it was at Hexham, I actually wrote these down because I'm quite intrigued myself to know about where all of these events have been because it's amazing how many people do ask where they've been held. So 2010 uh, at Hexham, I got asked to get involved and we had a lot of local guys helping out. That was when John Smith Jackson mm-hmm. got involved. Um, John Reed, who's from Weirdale, who the family, they, they breed a lot of very good show calves. He's actually just bought a, a really good limmy bull the other week at... Um, 
at Carlisle and it's a lot of guys who, you know, they're really keen, they come and they're helping as long as they'll get, they get food and they get a drink afterwards and they're just delighted to help, you know, you've got to, that's something I've always wanted to do, I've always wanted to make sure that I appreciate the people that help because they're giving up their time, sure. okay, they, you know, for, they're giving up the time for nothing, okay, they might occasionally get a bit of a bollocking, but at the end of the day, they know my bark is always worse than my bite. <laughs> And they learn from that experience. Sure. Sure. So then after that, we sort of continued. Then there was Newark and two at Malvern and Hexham and York and Bakewell. That was an experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and Stoneley. Um, and there is a story that comes to that one of Trevor Simpson, who actually is retiring from Hexham Auction Mart as an auctioneer after 50 years. And this weekend as well, just before, the, the beef event, they're having a um, retirement party for him at Hexham. And there was him, and I think, I can't remember, was he with Chris Armstrong? And we were all sort of in this pub where we were staying at somewhere near Stoneley. And they would come to see us to have a drink. Well, he sort of came through the door where the guard dog was and wondered what on earth had happened to his backside, and his dog had bitten him on his backside. <laughs> so... Still didn't know what was going on, but never mind. Want to remember. And, and just going back to the Beef Expo, just tell us a little bit more, tell our listeners a little mm. bit more of, of, of what the, what a Beef Expo uh, involved, obviously, as well as trade stands. You have competing cattle of, of various breeds, or is it all just commercial cattle? Well, it's it's commercial cattle. I think for one or two years, when it was in the South, uh, probably the Malvern ones, and I know Neil Lloyd was involved quite heavily in a lot of those, and they, I think they did have some pedigree classes and that sort of thing. And then the last few years, it's mainly just being commercial classes. I mean, people can put purebreds in as well, um, but obviously then they sort of continue to show them in commercial classes. There are quite a few pure limbies entered. Um, I mean, we have native section, and then we have um, blue sections, limbie sections, baby steer, baby heifer under 12 months, which that is always very hotly contested. Course, and yeah, those would be the a lot go of, on for Christmas, of course, yeah, those babies, aren't yeah. It is. And I mean, it's absolutely amazing this year because we've got 45 Limmy heifers entered. Wow. Okay. So that's, but we do have sponsors. We, we will definitely split that four ways right. um, because we put a maximum of 10 in each class. And then, and then we have young handlers, mm-hmm. um, 14 to 21, which we've got quite a lot of entries this time with the event being on the Saturday, the 28th of May. So they use the cattle that are already at the show, but they're still to get to yes. them the next day. They don't bring their own. Yes, okay. No, no. I mean, some of them, that's their family's cattle that they're showing, because sure. obviously they have to be 14 and over. It's a rule that we have, which is the same as at the Yorkshire show. I mean, some shows, and, I, I, you know, it is always a bit of a concern regarding insurance, but that health and safety say to us, you know, they must, they must if they're showing by themselves, they've got to be 14 and over, so... Good. We're doing properly. And what kind of numbers are we talking all together then, Julie, cattle-wise? The cattle, there's 100, wow. dead on. Okay. Uh, we, we do limit it. I mean, we, 100 was about the maximum. Sometimes we've had 120. Mm-hmm. Kendall in 2019, we had 120, but we, we were able to, to have them all. There was plenty of room to house them. But this time, the mart isn't as big as you know some of the places have been. I mean, there's a marquee going up for the trade stands. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a completely new team as well. The NBA office has moved down to Leamington Spa. Mm-hmm. And I must admit, well, Neil Shand is now involved. Okay. And yeah. um, 
and Julie Holmes, who also I think worked with him, she's organised, and actually she's she's been really really good. They're very very organised. So we just hope, just hope that everything goes brilliantly in the run up to it. Um, I think we're all more or less there. I've still got a fair bit of laminating of weight sheets and things to do. We we weigh all the cattle as well, and then we split them. And I say I do have a great team that um, come and help. So official date is the 28th of May. Um, the, the, the the event, I think, opens, it's nine till five. Um, but the cattle, the commercial cattle show, which, which is the main part that I'm involved in, um, starts, the judging starts at half nine uh, with native classes. And our judges this year are, well, we've actually got a lady from Wales as well who is helping her, um, her fiancé, Daffod Lewis. Daffod Lewis is doing the baby classes and the championship. And then himself and um, Carol Howells will be judging the young handlers. Okay. And Bryn Lloyd is judging the older cattle and the championships. So, um, so a busload coming up from Wales, and I bet there'll be a lot of Welsh cattle coming up too. There's quite a lot of <laughs> quite a lot of Welsh cattle, yeah. and we're also because the the NBA is so involved in sort of the TB things, TB hub, and Sarah Thomason's involved. So we obviously make sure we're doing everything totally correctly, course, yeah. and we are keeping we're keeping. It is a bit of a, a pet pet subject of mine that we're keeping all the low risk cattle together and all the high risk cattle together okay. because obviously. You know, we we're very we do want to make sure that everybody's safe and that all the cattle go back home to where they've come from and everybody's everybody's okay because obviously Darlington is a low risk TV area. So um, so yeah, okay. it's it, it, it's going to be good. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, uh, that's that's a broadcast for that one. Get yourselves along there to see some damn fine cattle of some of the country's best. And Julie, I want to go on another thing you got involved in is the RABI, isn't it? To do, do some work. Yes, yes. Well, that was again was my son. Uh, he was on the committee. When we we got involved, we didn't really have a farm. My husband was second son. I mean, obviously, I was I was born into quite a large farming sort of it was a farming enterprise, uh, well established. Um, but obviously, we wanted a farm by ourselves, so we started off in a very small way. And it was 1995, just when I think was it the BSE or something hit, and we thought, oh my god, this is a disaster. So we said, right, just trying to set up our suckler herd. We said, right, you know, we'll educate the son. Not to be a farmer, so he's got a he's got a very good job. Went off to Harper Adams, got a very good job. He's now um, um, head of the H and H London Estates, uh, London property at Durham. So he actually got involved. It was I think it was through when it was the the flooding at the Somerset levels, and he got involved in there getting the straw and hair down to them. So they asked him to be onto the RABI County Durham Committee. Um, so then he decided a couple of years after that, come on, mother, you still need another little job to occupy you. So, <laughs> so yeah, so got into that, and yeah, I'm now I'm now the treasurer. Are you excellent? <laughs> as if you haven't got enough hats on there. <laughs> as if I haven't got enough hats, and then of course with governance and everything else, and because I have had a few complaints to them, and oh, you have to fill in this spreadsheet, and you have to give us all these facts and figures. I'm going, oh my. God. Just explain to our listener just what the RA, the, what great work the RABI does. Yeah. Well, the, the RABI is the Royal Agricultural Benevolent Institute. And what they do, they basically um, they have lots of different committees uh, all around the country and they raise funds for farmers, for not some, really so much for farmers, but farming people who say have an injury and and they can't they can't work or farm workers who who have sort of been 
made redundant or who have lost their jobs and help them out and they have welfare teams of welfare people who point out to these guys how to apply for well for payments and and how to to apply for money and this sort of thing and i think they also have a couple of nursing homes for retired farmers um so that's what it is it's charity an agricultural charity um but just giving something back you know as i was getting older i thought you know, yeah, we've done quite well as the years have gone on, and I thought it's time to give things back. I mean, we we have, I mean, we had the most fantastic, uh, which was very kindly hosted by the Manners family at Thornton Hall near Darlington, and we had, um, it was like a summer luncheon, and we made, we had an auction, and a silent auction. We made £40,000. No, that's for, 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 for RABI, but of course, in the midst of, and then the volunteers' conference is the Wednesday before the beef event. So Julie, of course, has volunteered herself along with her son, and I tell you who else I think is going with us: Scott Donaldson from H yeah. and H. So it's going to be hysterical go. going down in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully they're going to mention about this, but you know they might not mention it. I don't know, but because of COVID, when when they were going to give us some COVID would have made a difference to you because obviously there would be a there would have been a massive impact within the farming industry, certainly in the, the farm health yes. and people there. So I'd imagine yeah. you would have been twice as busy during COVID. As, as, yeah, as, yeah, and I mean most of, most of the money that is made in each each committee, the, the money that's made in County Durham committee is spent in County okay. Durham which is really quite good. It doesn't go into the national funds. There is a Northumberland committee. They spend their money. They make their own money. And the Yorkshire one, I think there's North Yorkshire. And, uh, um, and Sally Connor, who is the regional manager for those, is is very, very good. She keeps us all right as well. Okay. Um, but, yeah, Julie got roped in to be treasurer, <laughs> and I must admit, oh. I did say at the opening of this uh, episode there, if you want to get a job done, ask a busy person, Julie, and you are that busy person. And you judge a few cattle as well, I believe. I do, I do. I think the highlight of my judging career was doing Balmoral. Okay. Was that two or three years ago? I can't remember now, but that was an absolutely fantastic experience. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got the phone call, they said, will you come across and do it, judge it? And they were very sarcastic. A lot of people said, well, she'll want a black one and it'll have to be a heifer. And I'm going, oh, that's really charming. <laughs> but um, yeah, we were beautiful fantastically entertained we even missed the bus yet again and there's various people and i think one of the 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 main instigator of this was um (laughs) no i'm not mentioning names but a certain irishman who now lives across here keedy view uh we call him paddy don't we so um okay so he he got us into the members and it was a blur after that. And we actually missed we missed the bus to take us back to the travel lodge uh, or the Premier Inn where we were staying. And um, somebody very kindly jumped out of a taxi as we were staggering around and said, hey, Julie. And just I didn't know who they were. They just said, look, Julie, take Julie Cedric back to my husband, back to that hotel. So, yeah, that was that was good fun. But, yeah, a lot of local shows as well. I mean, the first judging I ever did was, was Sheep north of england meals and probably so many i've actually forgotten now but um so i've actually got a couple of little judging jobs this year of local shows in um 
in uh, in Yorkshire. And I think actually was, and this is what happened, I think two or three years ago, I was asked to judge the Young Handlers, funnily enough, at the Yorkshire show for this for, for the year when it was cancelled. Anyway, they said, oh, no, we'll ask you to judge in 2022. Well, I've never heard another word, so I think I've caught the sack from that one. <laughs> well, you'll certainly so, be at the Yorkshire show, I'm sure. It'll be one of the highlights of your years and a, and a brilliant event. Yes. Yeah. Yes, well, I think I'm going this time just to sort of not really do a lot of work. I might help one or two exhibitors. I'll be mainly... Um, you can give me a hand to show a few sheep, Julie. I'm going as well. So. All right. Okay. Well, come and see the sheep because I've very rarely got down to the sheep for the last few few years. Brilliant. Julie, it's been lovely to have the, the pleasure of your company here on, on Top Lines and Tales. And as I said from the beginning there, you, I think people are getting tired by the amount of work that you're, that you're doing and you're putting in there. And I do know that... Uh, I'm going to embarrass you now and say that you won the George Headley Memorial Award for your outstanding contributions to the sheep industry. And, and uh, well, you and your husband, yes, I think, I did. very, very, yes. very well. Received. Yes, and then we, we, we also got a um, Beef Farmer of the Year, um, which was quite in the early, day, early days of when they used to do that, the Northern Farmer Awards. Mm-hmm. That was great. Mm-hmm. That was a nice honour in 2016. Okay. And the George Headley won, yeah, which my son often tells people, well, you know, Prince Charles won that as well, and so did my mother. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no... Um, Yes, there's there's a lot happened. A lot happened over the years. Great to know that you've been recognised. And as I said at the beginning, this is this program is called Characters in Livestock, and you certainly are one of those, and uh, well known to a lot of people, Julie. And uh, we're all looking forward to your company when we get back out on the show circuit this summer. Okay, great. So am I. So am I. (laughs) Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales. And once again, we are sponsored by Harborough. And if you are planning on going to the Beef Expo, which is in Darlington, on May the 28th, please visit the Harborough stand. As well as regular representatives from Harborough this year, they will have Doug Deer on the stand from Osgoodby Grange, who runs a large custom feeding unit. And he'd be there as a special guest all day, so pop along and have a chat to him. Or about all Harborough's other products and range. You can always find out more about Harborough on the internet and social media. And if you want to find out more about Doug Deer and his enterprise, look up Doug Deer on Twitter with the hashtag at CattleFinishers. And you can, of course, find Top Lines and Tales on social media, both on Facebook and on Twitter. And somewhere amongst that, you'll find some photos and other information to back up this and all the other episodes. Thank you.